And so um, I'm going to kind of relate to both of these together. Uh, first of all, to say, those of you who know the hindrances, these are two yeah, of what are called hindrances in, uh, in, uh, um, in Dharma teachings, and, and we'll talk more about them tonight. Um, and they have a similarity, even though one is pleasant and one is unpleasant, they have the similarity of getting hooked. We get hooked into that experience. Yeah, we get hooked into entangled in that um, in this case pattern of thinking um, and into the identification with it so there is a similarity there and so the question becomes how do I unhook yeah how do I unhook from that whether it's something you know that I'd rather not think about or it's that you know compelling nature that thoughts have sometimes <laughs> of just keep sucking us in to them. So one way of doing it is the body. The body's really helpful for us. Is actually seeing, okay, the thoughts are, the energy's going up here. Yeah? What happens when I come into the body? Um, if there's fear present or the, the thoughts are unpleasant or there's aversion, fear, all of that, um, coming into the body with an invitation to soften and to calm, yeah? uh, to ground and to steady. Yeah, we might use the breath there, just like we were talking now about using the breath to meet the unpleasant body sensations, right? We can do it in the same way. We can use the breath to kind of, uh, kind of make contact with that uh, sense of, of fear or aversion, yeah? um, to kind of hold it with tenderness, to soothe, yeah? all these ways. Um, we might work with... Uh, the sense of spaciousness again, just kind of, ah, what else is here? Or how can I expand? And the sounds can be really helpful here. Because again, the fear, the aversion, it's a contraction. Yeah? And the reminder of the sounds um, around us. There's more around and the opening of the space around that. Um, sometimes um, we can also actively... Yeah, connect to what is okay. Again, sounds can be really helpful. So if you can hear things like birds in your environment, usually that can be, you know, a soothing, calming thing. You know, ah, so there's this fear and there's this coming up, but there's also the capacity right now to connect to something that feels okay or that feels supportive. Um, and, you know, similarly other things in our experience, yeah, connect to something we're grateful for, something we appreciate. Yeah, any degree of contentment that there is. So it's, it's, you know, this is where that habit of the mind that we've been speaking of to really grasp on and fixate and clench, yeah, around the difficult. We really see it happening here. And so remembering it's a practice, yeah, this is where the patience and the perseverance and the showing up, yeah, the playfulness of our practice is, is really well developing this skill, yeah. Just, okay, we keep... Just keep turning to what's okay. We just bring in one moment of soothing breath. Yeah. One moment of spaciousness. And we're gently and kind of continuously changing that pattern, re reforming it. Um, with the opposite, yeah, the kind of the opposite which is actually not so different, <laughs> getting caught up in, you know, the thoughts as a kind of a way of escaping, yeah, escapism. Um, just checking in, yeah. So we have a sense, ah, this actually feels pleasant, and then checking in, is it? Yeah, is it? Yeah. 
And another, again, the body, really helpful. Is there, does the body feel relaxed and spacious when I'm caught up in this thinking mode? Or does it feel uh, contracted to some degree? Yeah. And because this is a form of a kind of disconnect and resistance, there will be some degree of contraction um, in there. So kind of noticing that movement of desire and um, again, can turn to the body, turn to the breath and turn to the direct experience and say, ah, can I breathe in a way right now that feels good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I breathe right now in a way that nourishes? Yeah. Tanisa Rabiku, wonderful teacher in, in our tradition, he, he says, you know, can I kind of reward myself when I'm coming, doing that movement, which is hard to let go of the compelling thoughts, uh, the fantasies, you know, and coming back to the breath. Can I breathe in, in a way that kind of, um, that feels really good, yeah, so that I'm retraining the mind, kind of giving the, giving the, like training a puppy and giving them the, the, the treats, right, when <laughs> they do the right thing. I'm, not, I'm giving myself a nourishing, a treat breath, yeah. Uh, as I'm as I'm coming back, um, so noticing that, and also really noticing what's actually okay right now, because again we miss that. What's actually good right now in this experience? What's good in this breath? Yeah, what's good right now in the conditions that I'm in, and in turning the mind to that um, as a way of kind of disengaging from that habit of of, of escaping to to fantasy. So that was the very not brief response. Do you want to add anything? Yeah, if I can just add one more thing, because sometimes it might be, um, it's not just like a pleasurable way of thinking because, you know, I'm thinking about how I'm going to get a bigger serving of something, you know, or I'm going to get something like this. It might be there's actually the pleasant thinking, which is very wholesome. It's like, ah, I'm going to be really generous in some future moment, you know, and that's going to be really lovely. I can, you know, it's not going to be comfortable and easy, but it's going to be really a good thing to do and or, or other kind of pleasures like that. So there can actually be very wholesome, pleasant things and it's also in the realm of thinking. So it's kind of like taking us away. So it's a, it's a very kind of wholesome fantasy. Um, it can even be possible to do this with unwholesome fantasies as well. But there's, there's both, as I was saying, you know, it's kind of a little bit of an agitation because you know, haven't got the whole gang together, haven't, isn't completely a present moment experience. But there is something quite nice there. And so what I tend to do, and might speak about this later tonight, but just to kind of mention it now, is like, let's just drop the story and have that pleasantness, that, oh, that pleasant intention, and just bring that in here and not so much come back to the breath. But it's almost like bring the breath, bring the sounds into that space. Right, so there's no need, actually, for us to reject thoughts and say, mm, bad thoughts, go away. But actually, let's just breathe in this moment with this. And the more and more we get into the breath, that will become more and more the object of attention. Right? And it's, it's not like, you can't be here, thoughts. It's just, when I'm fully with the breath, fully with the sounds, the whole thinking pattern has to kind of go more into the background. So there's this kind of quite wholesome way of relating and not rejecting thinking, because some of that thinking is really good. <laughs> yeah, we want to be thinking about opportunities for generosity at some point in our, in our life, opportunities for gratitude. Um, so just working along that line. What we're doing at this moment is letting go of thinking so that we come into the simple presence of body, heart, mind. 
overall, we probably want to be able to meditate in relationship to thinking as well. But it's more tricky, more sticky. We tend to be story-based and go off into the fantasy. So we're letting go of that, emphasizing more what's here, what's now, sounds, body, that kind of presence. Okay, so we've used up most of the question and responses time on just responses, but there were genuine questions there. Um, so maybe we'll take anything yeah. from the hall and then we're open. There's a few more in there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's take a few from the hall. They don't have to be so polite and wait. They can put theirs in. And <laughs> so yeah, is there anything around today's practice or recent practice that feels helpful to share? Yeah, please. Yeah, great. Need to repeat I, it. I know. Should I yeah, repeat the go. question yeah. and, and give a response? Okay. So the question um, relates to walking meditation. Let's see if I summarize it reasonably well for you. Noticing it's kind of different in the walking meditation. Feeling well supported, coming back from distraction in the sitting meditation. But going out into the walking feels like probably I'm getting more distracted. And I'm even not so sensitive to those distractions, so even kind of a sense maybe I'm missing quite a lot of the distractions. And then there's this kind of feeling like it, it could be better, and that m may slightly be leaning towards a little bit of self-judgment and criticism uh, as well, but just also noticing it could be better, and maybe I'm missing some of these um, distractions, and what should I do about that? Stronger intention being one of the, the, the ideas. So m kind of like a general point, I would say, a good thing, a good reason why we do walking meditation is because it's different. And in one of the ways it's different is that it's actually a little bit less held, a little bit less structured in that way. So we might miss more distractions. So not feeling it's something I'm necessarily doing wrong. It might just be because it's, it's different. I've right? got eyes open, we're, we're moving more. Um, but we still want to cultivate that, that steadiness of attention. So it's really lovely you're kind of bringing that up and having that intention. It's, it's kind, there's kind of a positive dissatisfaction that we want to have remaining in our practice. We like it could be a little bit better. Like we kind of want that there. And so we don't want that to feed into kind of the, the inner critic or, or the outer critic or all, all the rest, like this moment's really rubbish. <laughs> but also just a sense, I could, be, I could be more gathered here. And it's like, oh yeah, I could. How would that look? How would I do it? You know, not getting completely lost in the whole... Yeah, if only I had the perfect, you know, place to walk where there was nowhere else, you know, n not kind of go off into that fantasy, but like, what could I do in this moment that would support me more? Maybe we need more interest here, you know, as you said, maybe a clearer intention, it's like, and, and a clearer, more precise, achievable goal. You know, like I mentioned, that the next three steps, just going to really be with it and see what it's like, taste for myself, what's it like when I'm really with something, so it's kind of attainable, whereas it might be something broader, like I'm going to be with the whole of the walking session this time, and if any thoughts about having a cup of tea come up, it will be banished, and I will just be here and present. might be too big a goal for us at this stage, yeah? For some of us, it might not be. It might be uh, appropriate. So getting our goals appropriate to, to where we feel we are, so that we're advancing in a kind of a, a sensible way. Um, 
yeah, I think that was the points I wanted to add to that. So keep playing with it, seeing, you know, what, what it needs, and being fresh and, and awake to that. Yeah, I'll just add one thing, which is what I said about stopping and standing mm. can be really helpful with that. So either any moment when you notice you're distracted, it can help to just kind of reestablish or just at the two ends of your path. Yeah, so it's kind of, it just gives that extra kind of opportunity to reestablish the, the, the presence. Um, so using it, and yeah, it's, it's a learning, it's a learning, you know, it's a learning. So yeah, there'll be, there'll be ups and downs, there'll be changes, there'll be more, you know, certain times of day or forms of practice where we'll be more distracted. Um, but we're interested in, in learning to, to meet all of that. Thank you. Thank you. See if there's one more in the hall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah, so um, I'll just repeat the question. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a question about deal-making. That's why I was calling it about the kind of, like, the way um, it creeps in, that sense of getting rid of something um, can, can be there even as we are um, trying to cultivate or intending to cultivate skillful ways of relating to experience. And I think a little bit, it was a little bit in your question, you know, just acknowledging, okay, it may be there. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it may be there, I might not be seeing it, right? Um, there's this really beautiful emphasis on the teachings that, we're, uh, that our practice is both cultivating the wholesome and the skillful and not feeding the, the unwholesome and the unskillful. And those two things happen together, and this is part of why I love that. Yeah? So we can say, okay, there may be that... that um, deal-making is maybe there in the background, I might not be seeing it. Um, it. Or I might be seeing it, but it doesn't mean I drop the whole thing. Um, it's just a bit as if I'm just leaning in more. <laughs> yeah. I'm just inclining more. I'm kind of sitting more fully into that aspiration of, um, of letting go of the resistance or, or changing the way of, resi of, of relating from resistance to, uh, to possibility. Um, so I, d I hope that responded to your question. Is just sometimes we d yes, you know, we're complex beings and, and we can't, can't know everything, but we can really keep tuning into our intention and, and resting into that more fully. Um, yeah. That's great. I mean, it can also relate to um, other kind of um, qualities. Is like, what do we want to pay attention to in this moment? Like, in, on the one hand, yeah, it serves me to kind of um, be more accepting of, of painful sensations. It also kind of serves the mind, it also serves the body. Um, and we can kind of incline more onto that side. It's like, actually, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this so that you're more easeful. It's kind of actually a compassionate response. Yeah, I'm going to feel good too. But my main intention is actually... Uh, wh why should you be here in, you know, lingering in resistanceville when you could be in a more kind of peaceful mode? And so I'm going to offer you peacefulness, and um, and and then that kind of 
yeah, I get something out of this, but that's not why I'm doing it. And we can kind of play around that, that level. Okay, should we take one? Uh yeah. So, Lucy, the question from you, I actually think Nathan answered it already in some kind of oh, magic. pretty magic way. Um, can you just let us know if you feel that hasn't been responded to? But that was a question around, um, you know, sometimes feeling like the, the thoughts that are kind of compelling have meta, have, you know, beautiful qualities mm. in them and, and just kind of wondering, um, if, is it just a form of distraction from the present or is there something there that's actually worth cultivating? So I, I think you did actually uh, speak to that. Okay. And uh, do let us know, Lucy, if you'd like us to say more about it. The next question I'm just going to read out. You can see how technologically challenged I am. See the square button, the square icon. If you press that, yeah, you get the whole page. So help. Okay, that really helps. Uh, could you please speak a bit to the relationship and apparent polarization between embodiment and detachment? With the insight meditation, we pay close attention to bodily experience, sensations, and feelings. In one sense, doing this embodiment seems opposite to an idea of detachment, as I'm trying to fully experience the thing. In another sense, it seems to complement the idea of detachment, as I know feelings and sensations are only temporary. Yeah. You want to start? Or you want uh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually hard hearing you read them because it, it has a little less uh, feeling to it. But I think the <laughs> I think the, the the point that we're kind of saying here is. Um, we're, we're shifting from um, a state of kind of fusion with our experience, like I am this and this is what's, um, I, I am what's happening. We're kind of shifting then to that, mentioned this in the opening talk, kind of shifting to a sense of observing my experience. And that can feel a little bit more detached in a way, but we're still having a relationship to it. We're still feeling it as fully as we can. We're still being um, sensitive to our experience. The difference is there's a bit more space. And in that bit more space, then we can kind of cultivate and lean into certain qualities. So it's almost like a little bit of positive detachment from the, the fusion experience, which is actually, I think, connected to this word confusion, you know, to be with and fused our experience. Yeah, there doesn't feel to be much space, and I'm just stuck inside of this kind of pattern that's happening. So we move from fusion, we actually emerge into something larger. It's like, oh, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. And I can be with that, perhaps. Or, oh, and I can let go of that, perhaps, if it's an unskillful pattern. Or it's like, oh, and that's actually quite wholesome. And that's good, and we can support it. So we kind of move into this space where we can be more responsive. In confusion, we're probably just being reactive. You know, probably just reacting very automatically, habitual patterns. Might get it right, might get it wrong. A little bit more observation, a little bit more possibility for wisdom, a little bit more possibility for compassion and the rest. So it's like a positive detachment, but it's not a cold detachment. It's not indifference. It's not like I flip from, I really care because it absolutely matters because I can't see anything else, to, yeah, right, <laughs> that's just stuff. It's just molecules moving around and, bah, and beyond that. So we have the possibilities from the slightly more detached, not to be emotionally detached or not to be cold with our experience. 
So yeah. I, hope that, I hope that helps. Yeah, I hope that, that responds, Dan. And, you know, also to say that sometimes we, we can uh, really feel into words because the, the particular words that we use also shape our experience and, and we can feel what they mean to us. So, for example, I wouldn't use the word detachment exactly because of what you're saying. I think um, so. We can, you know, might might use. I would use a different word that resonates with me, and, and you know, more like, you know, might be what you're talking about is it equanimity, or as Nathan was saying, disidentification, not identifying. Um, so just exploring the the words as well um, a little bit, and kind of what what they uh, incline to, or wh- or how we understand um, them. Yeah. Could take another okay. one from there. Yeah. There's a couple more. Um, During my practice, I've been focusing on the breath, feeling it deeply through the body, and this has been generally generating samadhi. So I'll just say samadhi is what we refer to when we talk about the whole team together. Yeah, This harmonization, unification, body, heart, and mind. Once some level of samadhi is present, I try to tune my whole body into and absorb the samadhi, generally dropping focus on the breath. Depending on how successful this is, I may swap between tuning solely into the body and then going back to the breath as a method of cultivation. Would you say swapping between the two, depending on how it's going, is a skillful way to practice, or would sticking to one or the other be more fruitful over time? Yeah. So... Here's, here's my, my uh, response, Ed, and I'm just going to say back what I understand from your question first. Um, so you're talking about you're using, as you bring attention to the breath, samadhi arises, that sense of well-being of the, of the body, heart, mind uh, together uh, comes, and when that's stable, and this is the important thing, once that's stable, so you've, that's stabilized for a few minutes, then you shift from the breath, you kind of drop the breath, and you bring awareness. Um, I'm just reading your question at the same time. That's why I'm not looking at the camera. Um, Then you you tune into the samadhi in the body, and you absorb it into the body. And then the rest of your practice might be moving between those two. So when there's a sense of the samadhi, the sense of well-being is still strong enough, in the body you keep in that absorption into it and if it feels like it um, gets a little bit less um, present or less stable then you move back to the breath to kind of re uh, kind of give it a a, a boost if you like um, so to me if I'm understanding you correctly that is skillful yeah and that's that's a good way of, of working um, with, with the samadhi I don't know if Nathan has something different to say. Uh, I, I don't have anything in, in disagreement with that. I would say it's, um, it's so kind of answering a question like this in the, in the larger hall can be both helpful and or confusing. Um, it's slightly a different focus of the development of this retreat. Um, so kind of in a certain sense, it could be one reference point of kind of coming to life is coming to a different way of perceiving and feeling body and you know kind of um, letting go of breath and moving more and more of like letting the attention rest into pleasantness the pleasantness of that gatheredness yeah at the moment we're still developing um, 
you know, kind of a steadiness of attention and things like this. So people will be in different places um, in their practice and this will be very accessible for some people. This would just sound like, well, hang on, what's, what, are, what are we doing? So we're moving the attention from breath as sensations. Perhaps we already started to shift a little bit more into like, just like breath, a little bit more as an energy through the body. We can kind of feel it just moving in those ways. At a certain point, we might sense the body as actually that energy, it's just very nice. It's very nice, it just feels very nice. And it's more the niceness that we pay attention to than the sensations. And there's that kind of shift. And then anything you pay attention to is kind of amplified in attention, right? That's kind of of its nature. Like pay attention to the sounds, they're amplified in attention. Instead, stop paying attention to sounds so much space. Like Zara said, we can pay attention to like space in the room. That's the main thing in our attention. It's like that's what's taking up most of the attention. If you start paying attention to the niceness of something, that's what kind of comes more to the fore. So we're kind of delicately playing with our attention and, and creating different types of experiences. And so that sounds like what Ed is, is exploring, is like exploring a little bit more the niceness of this mm -hmm. than the sensations themselves. So kind of letting go of that, bringing that more to the foreground. And then you can mix those two. It's like the niceness and the sensations, or the sensations mostly, with a little bit of niceness in the background. And that, the latter, is probably where most of us would be at this time. Like, let's breathe and let's enjoy the breathing. But we're mainly with the sensations, or mainly with that kind of movement of energy at this time. So just to kind of contextualize it, I hope. For everyone else, yeah. Maybe more confusing <laughs> that, I, that I tried to contextualize it. Um, if it's confusing, you can just drop it completely, yeah. And just, okay, what am I doing? Oh, paying attention to the breath. Paying attention to the sounds. And that's what we're developing. And when painful sensations come up, so, oh, maybe the out-breath. Maybe be with this with kindness, whatever. So keep it simple, keep it accessible. But also, always keep in mind, oh, this is a wide-open, endless exploration. As I said yesterday, I was quoting Rob in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Hope that's helpful. So we have one more question in, in um, from the online gang, which I'd like to to respond to. But we it's already eleven of three, so to say, if this is a good time for you to go off and do some walking practice, then please feel free to. Yeah. We'll stay and and answer this last question. Um, Should we check if there's one in the hall? First? Is there any okay. are there any other questions in the hall? Okay. So yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, your choice. How do I work with the fear that comes up for me when observing that sensations, thinking, views, and sounds are all anicca, yeah, are all in constant changing, yeah, in flux, yeah. So yeah, this is also, uh, I think, another question. Well, sorry, do you want to take it first? No, no, that's fine. I don't mind. Please. Okay. So another question that's kind of, uh, you know, coming, um, you know, at a slightly different stage of the practice than, than we are uh, here with the trajectory of the retreat, but also really relevant question for, for many people uh, may come up. So just to, to, to frame it that in that way, so helpful to know. Um, the first thing I would say is that often... Um, it might be helpful to actually spend more time in the practices that generate well-being, and practices that generate samadhi. Um, if, if there's a sense of quite a lot of fear coming with it, with the Anicca way of looking, of, of uh, you know, 
looking particularly through the the lens of the of the inconstancy and the change. So I actually spent time either meta practice or um, or with with the pleasantness of breath or sound, yeah, tuning into that to really kind of get a good sense of resourcing and well-being uh, in your system. So this is one uh, one thing to really emphasize and prioritize in your practice. Um, and then if you're doing any practice and fear comes up, um, always remember you can go back to resourcing. This is part of why we really established this at the beginning of a, of a retreat or for a lot of a retreat, um, a capacity to resource, to find the pleasant, to find the supportive, to calm, you know, all of that. We can always come back um, to that. Um, if, if fear uh, arises or, or other kinds of, of discomfort arise uh, in the practice. Um, and if fear arises, one way of working with it is, uh, again, very similar to what we were talking about this morning. There's fear, there's some kind of contraction. Yeah? Come to the body, work with the body. Yeah? Soften, open the body space. Yeah? Just let go of that way of looking right now and work with the body, support the body um, and work with the contraction there yeah, around the fear. And then uh, kind of also then from there maybe open back to the practice that you're doing. But, but take it, I would say take it slow, take it easy. Yeah, there's no rush. It's not like this is the truth and we need to see it. Yeah, this is about freedom. It's about release. It's about well-being. So the pacing, really, really important, really helpful um, with that. I don't know if you want to pick it up also. No, I think that was really helpful, yeah. what you were saying there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And there's a lot to say about that. And Johnny, if that feels like it doesn't quite um, respond to your question fully, sometimes it's a little bit of a tricky thing with, with, uh, with, the, with the questions and response, um, then bring that to a one-to-one or a group, yeah? Just let us know if you'd like to speak to, to, to one of us, um, you know, mostly Monica, but if you'd rather speak to Nathan or myself or Monica's too busy, let us know. And, um, and we'll make time to explore this also one-to-one with you. And maybe just a kind of a general point that um, notice, like, it, it's like it's not like we need to introduce this insight as you're paying attention to your meditation. It's kind of you just notice oh, everything arises, everything passes. It's just sensations were here and now they've gone and things. This is the nature of what it means to experience life, right? Things, I was in the hall, now I'm outside. I had a pain in my knee and now the knee feels fine. I'm, the in-breath is happening and now it's gone because the out-breath is happening and like things are just transitioning and, and changing over time. So we might get suddenly really shocked or feel kind of alerted to, to, the, to the inconstancy of things. And it kind of comes up there. Um, it, it doesn't inherently have a niceness or a nastiness to it, right? It's just the kind of waking up to that flow of existence. But sometimes we might feel, oh, and everything that's dear to me will be gone. You know, and that, that, that side of our mind will lean that way. Or, you know, everything that in the future will be dear to me is not yet here. It's kind of like another way of looking at it. And it's like, I just move through this life of things being dear to me at certain times. And that's a transitioning movement. And there can be like a, a, a grief in this moment for something that I'm going to lose. 
And there can also just be a releasing of that, in a certain sense, in a healthy and wholesome way. And uh, coming into the present moment is like, well, what's here that I also enjoy? Because there can be a missing out of that by being, you know, in this grief of something in the past. Other times, there's something emotional going on there that's being kind of layered onto this present moment of arising and passing. So you kind of just mentioned the everyday things of sounds and sensations and things like this, but maybe underneath there's actually an emotional quality. There's something in my life that I'm actually feeling a bit sad about the loss of. And so also giving time for that kind of emotional intelligence, holding that space, giving some space, some time for reflection in a, in a state, like Zara said, that has a lot of calmness, has a lot of metta. So like developing those practices so they can kind of support us to touch into uh, areas of a nature that can be kind of concerning, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay, so... Okay, so thank you everyone for your wonderful questions and listening and practice. Everyone in the... Here in the hall and everyone... There in the hall. There in the hall. <laughs> and... Uh, have some more time for walking now and be back for a sitting in 20 minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.